When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yep. And welcome back to Talking Knicks, the fourth place, the home playoff seeded New York Knicks. God, unbelievable. Three game win streak, the trade deadline pass. We'll talk about that a little bit, a, a little bit of action that we don't fully understand, but I guess we didn't trade everything for a bad piece. So that's kind of exciting. I'm joined by the king of swing, Tom Piccolo, and the king of bringing it, Big Baby David. Guys, I'm excited to talk some Knicks with you as we head into a big week for John Boy Media and all that stuff, but let's talk some Knicks right now. Fourth place. Welcome back to Talking Knicks. What's going on, everybody? I, uh, holy smokes, I'm excited to be back in front of the wheels of steel. It's been a minute since I've been able to talk Knicks with you lads. This damn baseball stuff it keeps getting in the way of everything I do. If I just listen to the sophomore year coaches and stop playing baseball, stop caring about it. I could be here talking Knicks with you guys all the times. Uh, shout out to the Poon Bros. They've been rolling. But tonight, Tommy Piccolo, Big Baby David. How are you guys doing, man? We, uh, Tom, we just talked a little bit, and it's the Knicks are having a good year, and it's kind of like we've kind of been burying it because once we acknowledge it, it feels like it'd fall apart. But we're fourth in the East. It's, it's almost April. I mean, you got to protect yourself. You got to make sure you don't get heartbroken. But this has all felt sustainable. It's all felt real. And you just said, you said it, fourth in the East alone, <laughs> not tied. We're legitimately, if the, if the season ended today, we would have home court in the playoffs. It is such an absurd notion for a team that we, that was expected to have the worst record in the league that I I remember at the beginning of the season, I wasn't like fully in on taking the over either. I wasn't like, oh, Vegas got this totally wrong. I was like, yeah, they probably are right. I, I, you know, so much of it has to do with Julius, Julius Randle and, and all this other stuff. But We didn't know. We didn't know. Um, but, hey, it's been a good week in Knicks land, 3-0 and the past three. And I had a good weekend myself. Mm. Um, you, you know what I did this weekend? My wife and I booked a bunch of vacations. For like later on, we Love we booked that. a vacation uh, in August, headed to uh, Glacier National Park mm. out in Montana, and then we booked one for November to go to Turks and Caicos to do a. So we're gonna do like a hiking kind of outdoorsy uh. one in August, and then we're gonna do a a beach one once it gets colder, and that was kind of like what we were doing. We're just kind of planning ahead for for the fun stuff in the future. 
November, BVD. That's when we kind of clear up. Should we head down to Turks and Jaco's or what? I think we should. I've been to Turks and Caicos twice, technically, because the first time we went when I was a kid, the like shuttle or whatever from our, you know, from the airport to the whatever resort we were at, uh, got in a car accident. And my dad got like kind of really hurt, which he and I haven't talked about as adults, which is kind of weird. So they gave us another trip that we could use any time in the next like five years. So I think like four years later, we went back. So did you enjoy it? The second time oh, I enjoyed it both times. You we went to like it's my first time, I think, going to a, one of those like all inclusive places. So like the first time I was like seven and it was pretty dope. I could just walk up and get ice cream whenever I wanted. Yeah. Uh and then I also liked it when I was eleven and did the same thing. So I'm wondering if we should avoid the shuttles or take them and get yeah. a, a free yeah. trip out of it. I don't know. But hey, if you have any just tips like on where to go. up the driver a little bit and distract him. <laughs> so i don't they're really early, friendly an early ad for turks and caicos uh yeah, yeah all I, right speaking of the knicks being good just while we're talking about the vibes around the team i saw someone on twitter because you know something i don't think we're planning to do a big discussion on is that like all of our assistant coaches are finalists for a bunch of head coaching jobs and woodson just got hired by indiana and uh i could be miscrediting it. Let's let's say it was Budum on Twitter. I don't know if it was him specifically, but one okay. of those guys. He was like, Knicks have Knicks are finally good one year, and everyone's trying to take our assistant coaches. And that was when I was like, all right, I guess I, we can acknowledge that it's a good team, I guess, now. So I'm like kind of all in on saying it's a good season, like stamp. I don't think other teams have ever been like jealous of our staff before. <laughs> yeah. Like, we got to get no those one's wanted Knicks to guys. hire people directly from <laughs> our staff. When, when would have been the last Knicks episode where they had to talk about their staff getting plucked? <laughs> Mike Woodson. Last 13. Time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you went there, BBD. Mike Woodson announces the Indiana men's basketball coach. That's cool. Happy for him. I think he my... went there, so alma mater stuff. And like, I don't know, dude. It, if you're gonna take a college job, go somewhere that if you do it right, you're gonna be a folk hero forever. Like, yeah. you get one good year <laughs> out of Indiana, and I think you're gonna be a hero. So, good luck to Mike Woodson. He's got a lot of good Knicks memories, huh? Yeah, He's like the most successful Knicks coach in in many a year. So <laughs> of the of the millennium wishing him the best. Fair, right? And yeah, Indiana is a great program. That's a historical program. There are not many, not many bigger than that one. So yeah. Is he, so is he immediately away from the team? The way the Knicks like put out their press release, it sounded like he is gone and not like finishing the year then going. So I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Taking a, a major head coach job. I, I wouldn't be shocked either way. Good for Woody. Um, good for Indiana. How about they got one of the good ones? Um, and yeah, how about new age Knicks problems where, I mean, last Sunday, if, if I was on the mic, we lost that overtime game to Philly 101 to 100. The Knicks dropped below 500. They were 21 and 22. Three game win streak. The schedule and a rest day helped a little bit. A couple couple wizards games and a couple uh couple guys sitting out for milwaukee um 
I, I guess let's check some boxes here with the games real quick, boys. Uh, the, the first night, the Knicks win 131 to 113. Julius Randle with a gentleman's 37. My God, like the fact that that's become <laughs> casual for us. Seven <laughs> of 10. It wasn't his best game of the year. Seven of 10 from three point land for Julius Randle. Last year, that seemed like I would have laughed if you even <laughs> suggested that. And by the way, uh, God, that's that's insane. Um, RJ Barrett, 21 points. Alec Burks, who had a, a sneaky big week. He had 20 points in that one. <laughs> Emmanuel quickly, 14 points in 12 minutes. Uh, guys, first game against against the Wizards. I'm more excited to talk about the second one because I was Nostradamus on it. But let's do the first one. Yeah, and the first one was kind of just a blowout, right? Like the the Knicks shot the ball so well from three, obviously led by Julius Randle, but I mean the whole team shot fifty three percent. That's sixteen of thirty from behind the arc. Like we we couldn't really miss. Um, and so yeah, I mean this one felt over long before it actually was. Um, R.J. Barrett is a guy that. I, you know, I talk about every week as kind of the guy I'm, I'm watching, the guy I'm most impressed by, I guess, aside from Randall, but just Barrett's progression. And this week, it just seemed like he was really focusing on distributing the ball. And this one, he had five assists, I believe. He had five in the next game against Washington as well. And then he had a season high, was it seven? Seven assists against Milwaukee. So like, it seemed like that was a real, yeah. um, just something he was focusing on this this past week was getting his teammates involved and and really making guys better. So that was awesome to see. And um, I don't know. I, I'm hoping it continues throughout. Yeah, as usual. Well, in, in this game, it just was a blowout. Everything, pretty much everything was clicking besides the guy who I have nothing nice to say ever about, which is Obi. Mm. I didn't want to be the, um, put the fly <laughs> in the ointment out there, but yeah, I, I almost brought up Toppin myself. <laughs> yeah. Look, uh, look at the box score and trying to go back in my, in my brain. I don't remember much of note from this game besides just everyone clicking, even Peyton, the stats look fine. And I don't remember being frustrated with them, which makes sense. Cause this was a blowout. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's all that needs know, to be said about that one. It's, uh, it's interesting. It, it, Tom, you mentioned initiatives. I, I'd really, I'd love to know. Cause you know, there's, there's been some games this year where Julius Randall is playing like point guard. I mean, you, you go back a couple games against the Orlando magic. He had 17 assists, uh, 12 assists against OKC, uh, this past week, uh, you know, Phil, the Philly game, going back to that, three assists, uh, two assists against Washington, four assists against Washington. And, uh, yeah, we, we saw Barrett kind of on the ball a little more, and that's uh, – I said, I've said it on here a decent amount. When, when he came out of Duke, I, I think when he's playmaking, that's when he's at his best, and that might sound like a dumb thing. I, I originally threw point forward out there, but I, I think – he's really getting comfortable with his offensive game. And, and maybe this is the, the conversation we lead into. Cause I know Tom, you were tweeting about that, but he really is comfortable driving. Now we've seen his power and his development and him kind of getting to his spots. He likes we're seeing, seeing him getting comfortable shooting the three ball, which uh, 
is the most exciting thing. But now, I, I mean, if the distributing becomes more of a factor and, you know, coming off of him being a point forward like I originally dreamed, he's a guy who can easily be a five, six assist night kind of player, and he's kind of been showing us that. Yeah, and I think if he's going to reach his ceiling, that's what he's got to be. He's got to be that five, six assist a night guy because, I mean, he's he clearly has the talent for it. He has the vision. I think that, that sometimes he just kind of falls into some bad habits. Um that first half in the second Wizards game, which I think we'll talk about in a second, might have been his one of his worst halves of, of the season. Like he just continually drove into the paint. He he got stripped a lot. He got blocked a lot, and they weren't they didn't really show up as like uh, turnovers because sometimes he would either get it back or get or get blocked to a teammate. But you know he finished the game seven of twenty two. But I know for a fact like the, the second half he completely turned that around. Um, so he still has some tendencies to iron out. He's 20 years old, so I'm not worried about it. But um, it, it is finding that balance more consistently about driving and dishing versus driving and just looking for a shot. He's he's a guy who, especially in transition, he's just like, this is my time to shine. No one can stop me in transition. I'm going to get this bucket. And it hasn't always worked out for him. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I know he's been pretty inefficient in transition, which might be surprising to hear because like you think of Barrett as being this great transition player at least just this force but um you know he's he's getting better at it that's a, that's just something he's working on throughout the season but it's finding that balance of passing the ball in transition too because he kind of gets that tunnel vision and it, it hurts the team so um I, I think he's doing a better job of striking that balance uh and I expect to see that more going forward certainly in like the the half court sets it seems like he's doing a much better job this week of doing the of looking to, uh, to distribute to his teammates and stuff and yeah what we do see the tunnel vision most often on those transition attempts um and you know he yeah it hasn't been perfect but you know he's young it's all good yeah and that the the tunnel vision you're right you we can see it from the couch and i i think again that'll be more of a comfort thing you know reacting instead of thinking about what you have to do and and whatever the defense offers on that certain play but man uh julius randall and and we've we've done this a lot on here as well but um julius randall being so good this year uh we've gotten to overlook really what RJ Barrett's doing, man. I mean, uh, I just, I'm in his game logs right now in the last 13 games, he's putting up 21, uh, six and four basically with 38 and a half percent shooting from three on four attempts. And I, I think the other thing on that is like, you know, let's, let's circle back two years ago and we're digging through Kevin Knox's game log saying, what does 10 points per game mean on the last place Knicks? Nothing. The Knicks are the fourth in the East and RJ Barrett's doing this. Uh, and you know what Julius Randall is doing deserves all the love. And I just RJ Barrett's name on basketball reference. They have the spelling next to it and it's the letter R the letter J the word bear, like grizzly bear. And then it, and I like that a lot too. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's 20 years old guys, June 14th. What? It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. The, to your point, Jake, like he's the second best player really by any measurement. I feel like I'm comfortable saying he's certainly the second most important player on the team. And, and yeah, he's the second best player on a team that's top four in the East right now. It's at 20 years old. It's, 
it's pretty astonishing. You know, this is coming from a, a kid who last season was left off of the first and second team all rookie teams. Not that uh, I don't. I, I made it clear at the time I don't care about that stuff. Like there have been plenty of instances of guys who were left off those teams. They ended up being very good. Plenty of times guys made those teams and were terrible, had awful careers. So it's not that big of a deal. But just think, like there were ten other rookies last season who were chosen over this guy. And now, how many of those guys would you take over him? Like it's when, it, when he was the third overall pick that year. There were that there were ten guys picked over him, and at least one of them, I think Matt Thomas, was like flipped for a second and this week. So, and you said his yeah. name was Matt Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. I remember a, at the time we most of our episode was finding out who he is. I'm a pretty big basketball fan. I don't even know who that is, but yeah. <laughs> do you want to guess what team he was on? I remember a guy being on the Raptors who I didn't Raptors, think. right? Yeah. Yeah, and I believe they just flipped him somewhere. I think I think maybe Utah which adds up. Yeah, no. No, one. I mean if if people are looking if you're looking to throw bows on the internet and I know Tommy you've been doing your videos like Let's go back a year or so, and I mean, you know, it was, it was Zion, it was Ja Morant, and then it was kind of everyone else. Looking at Ja Morant's numbers this year, he's shooting twenty three percent from three on three and a half attempts. Um, I don't know, like if you're a Knicks fan looking to get rowdy on the internet, there's a R.J. Barrett, Ja Morant conversation that you might be able not- to win. You're not out of bounds to half it, certainly. I think, I, I guess the general public would still pick Ja over him, like point guard stuff. But oh, RJ's like good. Moran, I believe, but the last time I had done this and like looked at his numbers, he, he not only was he shooting like about what he's shooting now, like 23% from three, but he was shooting like 25% from outside 15 feet or something. Like, He's he's not been able to shoot at all this year. And RJ, you take out, of course it happened, but we, we played this kind of all year. You take out the over 21 stretch from three he had because that was just four right. awful games. You take those out, he's shooting just under 40%. And this time, I don't believe I went to Randall's page instead last time we did this. <laughs> I, I did, if you remember. So this time I went to RJ's page and did the math. But That's huge. That's absolutely huge. Um yeah. Let's uh we'll check off the second game. Uh, Knicks Wizards again. I I mentioned the toilet Nostradamus was out. Uh, I was watching this game and the Knicks looked awful. Um, I mean they were shooting through the first three quarters. They were shooting thirty percent in today's NBA. That's near impossible. Um, against uh the Lizards from Washington and you know it. I think they got a bucket right before the end of the third quarter. And RJ Barrett, who we were just talking about, he kind of gave the boys like a let's go, it's time. And I was like, you know what? I'll I'll ride or die with my guy, who's apparently officially my guy. And the Knicks turned it on uh from being down down eleven heading into the third quarter. They were tied. They were down one with eight minutes left. Um and then they eventually took the lead at the four minute mark and they they kind of ran away with Alec Burks, man. Tom, this was your guy before the season that you were on uh, because he had the shooting pedigree. 
Uh, and some of the numbers were interesting and we're still kind of figuring out the Alec Burks show. There's days when he looks like a prime time NBA wing. And there's a couple times he'll still go missing on you. But uh, when he's right, he's a, a go-to guy in this offense. Yeah. I remember coming into the season, just looking at his three point makes, I was expecting him to just be this kind of catch and shoot guy. And I was just really surprised at how many of his of his threes were off the dribble he'd be coming off pick and rolls and just pulling up like Dame Lillard and I just it was very disorienting because that's not how I thought about Burks as a player but I mean watching him this season he he loves pulling up like he loves pulling up and and drilling threes and he kind of is able to create his own offense he's one of the one of the guys who can create separation and rise up and and create his own shot whether that's in the mid-range from three he likes getting to the basket um you know, he definitely has his weaknesses. Like I think there have been times in transition where he's looked really, really rough. Um, he's not a great playmaker. Um, his lobs are are atrocious, <laughs> just just sickening. But I mean, this is kind of who, who Burks is. Like he will show up and he can win you some games, but you can't count on him every night to do that. You can count on him to just his kind of baseline. He has a high floor. He's not gonna. He's not going to hurt you most nights. He's like a big, he's a big shooting guard. He can handle the ball. He can pass. He can play some defense. So he's not going to kill you out there some nights. It's not like when he's not making his shots, he's useless. And there, there are guys on the roster. You know, I'll, I'll talk. Like Kevin Knox is someone who we saw play a little bit, um, and he's actually been playing fairly well in his minutes. But he's a kind of guy. It's not. He doesn't bring much else beyond his shot. So when he's not hitting. You can't really afford to put him out there. Burks isn't like that. You can kind of have him out there, and even if he's not contributing, he's not taking a whole lot off the table either. God, man, his BBD last six games from Alec Burks, 21 points per game, six and a half rebounds. That's, I mean, 47.5% on 6.33s. These these are almost the numbers I just read for R.J. Barrett. Like, yeah, Burks, Burks is going. Yeah, he um, it, it's kind of like at the very beginning of the season. I think his first three games were all over 20 points, and he was like the first Nick to do that since whatever. And then he had whatever his injury was. I'm blanking now. Let's call it a calf. I don't remember for sure. Um, And he, it felt like he just couldn't find that again for a while, and it felt almost like that was a fever dream. No, he's been doing, he's been doing that again for a little while now. He still has his days where, uh, you know, he kind of only looks like one of the best scores in the league or, or one of the worst overall players in the league and he doesn't really get a medium game but uh but no he's like he's an important part of this team coming off the bench yeah man no it's a, it's a really interesting game log to go through because you're right he came off that calf injury that we're going to assume was his calf and i mean for 25 game chunk he was a 10 point per game player when he came back and and those numbers are all over the board I mean there's you know a 24 and 18 there's also you know there's a goose egg he had zero points in 25 minutes against this same Washington team in February so like you know that that's something that jumps off at you and doesn't make sense but hey as as he becomes more familiar with this offense and this team if we can get start to get the consistency out of him as I mean, is he our third 
is he our third weapon at this point? Tonight he's on, certainly. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I would want to say quickly, though he's probably doesn't have enough experience under his belt to, to really have that mantle at this point. But, I mean, Burks is, he, he, the numbers speak for themselves. I will say before the trade deadline, there was definitely some talk of like, we should move this guy. Like, how much is he really adding? Maybe we can get some picks for him. But at cr- during crunch time, there's not many guys on this team that you'd rather see taking a shot. Like, for development purposes, R.J. Barrett certainly. Um, and I like what, you know, when he's able to get into the paint and, and create offense that way. But if you're talking about just, like, in ISO, pulling up, like, trying to get a bucket, like, that's just more Burks' game than it is RJ's at this point. And they're just they're very few guys. It's it's Randall and then probably Burks if you're just looking for someone to, to ISO and get a bucket in crunch time. Yeah. I mean, I expect Barrett to, to get there down the road, but just talking about skill right sets now. at this point, it, I I don't think that's too controversial of a take. Yeah, I mean, and he's been uh, without looking at any splits or anything, he's been particularly good in fourth quarters of late. Um it's just felt like down the stretches of games, he's been kind of a go-to. Can you just go get us a bucket guy? It does the little leg kick on his jumper sometimes. That's fun. Uh, Nick's 39 point fourth quarter uh, to come back and win that second game versus Washington. And then uh, you boys are going to have to catch me up on this one. I, uh, uh, a mutual friend of ours, Kyle, got a house in Long Island, and it was also his birthday, so it was a little <laughs> housewarming birthday soiree. I'm still wearing the same clothes from yesterday. I have not showered today. Hungover. Pretty gross. Pretty gross. The dog's giving me attention. He likes that. Um, so you guys are going to have to catch me up on this because I messaged you guys and said the Knicks beat the Bucks last night. And I think, was it Greg or was it BBD? Someone said, I wouldn't call them the Bucks. Um, it wasn't, it was one of the Poon boys. Said so they, uh, they beat some Bucks. Yeah. And, but uh, no, no Giannis, no Middleton. There oh. it was much more than that. I got to go. I'm no Drew go Holiday, no Dante DiVincenzo. Mm. But yeah, I mean, those are the big ones Giannis, Middleton, Holiday. Those are the three best players. DiVincenzo's a starter, I think. So. Four, four of their five yeah. starters were out. Um, the only starter they had was Brooke Lopez. They started. They uh, just scrolled past their starting lineup. I oh, think, it was yesterday. it was just. I don't even oh know how to pronounce God. all their names. It was Thanasis Antetokounmpo. It was yeah, Nawara. It was uh, a gentleman who goes by Tupain. Yeah, yeah, I think it's pronounced Tupan. Tupan. I think I heard them say Sam Merrill, and yeah, Thanasis. And it, I mean, they had they had guys wearing number forty three and sixty six starting, so that I, I think that tells you plenty. It. Yeah, the, their full injury report going into the game. This was at five thirty when the game was at eight o'clock. Giannis left knee doubtful. Uh, Divincenzo left foot doubtful. Drew Holiday doubtful. Rody Karuk's out. Chris Middleton out. Bobby Portis out. PJ Tucker out. Whew. I mean, so we go into this one thinking like, oh, it's going to be a cakewalk. And then we see before the game on the Knicks side that Julius Randle's out with, what do you have, a thigh contusion? I believe it was a a thigh bruise. He took a knee to the thigh from his teammate, Alfred Payton. Um, And so I I don't know if they're just being overly cautious about it or if they 
if they saw he, that the Bucks were like not playing any of their guys, and they're like, "All right, Julius, sit this one out." But uh, I mean, he and um, I think him, Noel, and Rose. Yeah, this is Rose's return. I think those three they were they said they were going to be game time decisions, and I'm guessing when they saw everyone was out, like they yeah they decided Randall to just sit this one out. I think we got it. And what's I'm up assuming with, uh, that they didn't say that. What's up with Reggie Bullock right now? What is he hurt? Uh, yeah, he, let me see. I can go find. The, I, I just missed that. Uh, I know. Yeah. I know he was listed as out on the, on the injury report. BBD. We he might need a full a sprained injury. ankle. Full Spring. injury report from you. Cause uh, Mitch yeah. is Mitch is getting hurt, right? Didn't he? Well, he actually fractured his foot in this, in this right. one. Um, yeah, that was that was probably the most disappointing. I mean, it was easily the most disappointing thing about this game was you know he played six minutes, he and he just landed awkwardly. Like I, it wasn't. Yeah. It just seemed like a freak thing, right? Um, if you go back and watch that video, like it, it nine times out of ten, that's just not, bad luck. You, yeah, it just seemed like bad luck, and uh, that's been sort of the story of his season. I saw Mitch was tweeting how it just hasn't been his year. He had the broken hand and now the broken foot. We don't have a timetable on how long he's going to be out, but I mean that was a devastating blow. Is like, I mean, hopefully he's just out for like a, a couple weeks or something, and like it's just a minor hairline fracture, and he can come right back. Yeah. But that's just something you don't want to rush back from for like such a mobile, athletic big who relies on on that athleticism. So um, either way, yeah, really, really tough break for Mitch, who I know you know he's been working so hard to to get back into the rotation and, and be healthy. Um, on the other side of the coin, it's like, so that means we're going to see more Noel minutes. Um, I mean, in this game, Taj Gibson started at the power forward position, but I imagine he'll be playing more center now that Mitch is out again. And then looking in that front court, it's like the only other guy, unless you're playing Kevin Knox at the power forward, is Obi Toppin. And that's, you know, he, he actually, he played only seven minutes in this one against Milwaukee. So that doesn't really, you know, line up with what I'm saying about him getting more minutes of Mitch out because Mitch was out for most of this one. But, you know, in those seven minutes, Toppin looked solid on the offensive end. He had six points, um, had a nice dunk, but he played and so... It, he, did, he did have a few nice passes that didn't become assists or anything, but I'll, I'll, I'm trying really hard to give him credit where, where I can because we've been really mean to him two episodes in a row, so... But the problem is, like, his defense was so bad that Thibodeau didn't, didn't even go to him in the second half. He went to Kevin Knox at power forward instead, and it looked good. I mean, Knox, he was, I mean, he was plus eight in his minutes. He was get, he was diving on the floor. He was, you know, just, he was working. He was, like, trying to make the most of his minutes. Um, so that's what you like to see, but he, he hit a three as well. I like Kevin Knox at the power forward spot. Um but like it's hard because that's that's the, kind of the only position Toppin can play at this point. Like he, I would, I guess I'd like to see some Toppin at center. But you really can't go Knox power forward Toppin center unless you just want to just hemorrhage points. So it's just it's a tricky fit that Thibodeau has with his with his second unit, um, trying to make sure that you can space the floor on offense and still play defense on the other end. So. I don't know. It's tricky. This game, Jake, you didn't miss a ton. It wasn't like a super exciting. Mm. I mean, it was it was exciting so insofar as it was like pretty closely played, but it wasn't like a well played game. Um, 
I don't know, BBD, did anything jump out to you in terms of the actual gameplay itself? I think Burks was another bright spot here. Um, anyone else yeah. you, you think was worth highlighting? Burks was good. Uh, RJ's Rose. numbers weren't good, but he was nice. Rose came back and was mostly in rhythm. Uh, we'll talk about him more in a minute. But my, like, kind of, and we don't have to really deep dive into it because it especially doesn't matter now, but, but just when Randall was out and essentially just replacing him with Taj playing power forward was a curious decision um, just because Taj isn't, doesn't really have a power forward skill set, especially at this point in his career. And it felt like an opportunity to get Knox some minutes. I mean, I get, you didn't have to start him. I, if it were up to me, I would have started Knox at the four of this game, probably, especially with all of those guys being out just because he gives more spacing and all that. And it, but yeah, that's the only thing I, that really comes to mind. But Mitch being out kind of made that a non-issue because how much were you going to play Gibson and Nerlens Noel together? More than mm. you'd think actually they did. But So kind of Guys. all over the place, trying to think of if anything else that really comes to mind. Yeah, I mean, I would just say like Barrett, I, I, part of the reason why I thought this game was so tough to watch was I realized I just don't really like watching the Knicks attack a 2-3 zone. And the Bucks were in 2-3 the entire game. And so it just led to a lot of the same stuff where it's just like they even professionals attack a 2-3 zone the same way a high school team would. Like you swing it around the perimeter, someone flashes to the middle, you hit the guy in the middle, and then that guy takes like an open 15-foot jump shot. That happened a lot. Kevin um, Taj Gibson took a several mid-rangers it just it, it wasn't like a fun brand of basketball mm-hmm. but you know that because they're in that two three zone it led to you know rj barrett in particular just uh, he launched 10 three-point attempts which was a career high for him he only made three of them but like still i i tweeted like you like to see that just that confidence to let him fly burks himself took 12 threes on his own quickly took 10 threes so like the knicks were just launching away and it's because you're trying to break the zone, right? You're trying to swing it around and get the open three. Um, it it kind of worked, I guess. The Knicks shot probably the I'd say probably close to their season's average. I don't. I mean, they shot thirty six percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd assume that was that was pretty good. And that's fine. The um yeah, it's all is all fine given the circumstances and Randall being out, who's who's far and away our best player. I mean, honestly, the the story to take away from the game was like on the Bucks and Thanasis on Tedekumpo and uh, Jordan Nawara both stepping up, getting twenty ten double doubles. Like it's just like, and someone had to score, and and those guys stepped up. And was, if you're a neutral fan, that was probably what you latch on to from this game. Yeah, I mean, some so they went nuts. Just looking at the box score, I mean, a seeing seeing Thanasis get. 23 and 10 good for you uh and five assists good for you brother yeah. you've been you've been watching your watching your brother play uh Nuora, you talked about Tupan, uh my guy from france sam merrill had to click on the name utah state second round pick sam merrill i think kenny sent in our group chat uh sam merrill is from salt lake city and looks like it <laughs> <laughs> that's true i mean it's pretty true like i when i clicked his page it was my runaway thought i think he might have been forced to go to utah state um <laughs> I was, yeah, winning... the, only, the only other thing i'd say about this game though is like i mentioned all those threes 
they only took eight free throw attempts. Like, mm. was, was that a season low for them? I, I remember, I think in the first half, they only took two. Um, and, and I think it was Breen who kept bringing it up. Like, it was, there just wasn't a lot of attacking the basket. Like I said, it was swinging around the zone, getting into the middle, getting an open mid-ranger. It was the same thing. Like, if you watched kind of a couple possessions, you sort of got the gist of it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, but hey, a win's they get, a win. They got... Yeah, wins a win. They got, I think, yeah, eight total free throws. And I, I mean, at least I think four of them were at the very end when it was kind of like that's what that was the Bucks' only chance was doing the foul stuff. Uh, certainly they fouled RJ once at the end, and that's two of those. So that's crazy. Like, that is such yeah. a low <laughs> free throw attempt rate. That's that's absolutely wild. The free throws, Man. not that there were a ton on the Bucks' end, but they did double up the Knicks. They took 16. Which is like mm. the low end of a of a normal night, I think. Hmm. Well, guys, there there's kind of a lot of conversation going on in Knicksland. BBD, you mentioned Derrick Rose is back, and uh, again, the whole Derrick Rose transformation of being a beloved Nick is low key hilarious when you think about it. But <laughs> he's also a, a very important part of this team now. I mean, it was the games Derrick Rose was out, and our second unit was out there. I mean, you know, it was maybe the toughest Knicks minutes to watch this year. Yeah. Um, Certainly so I, whenever, if they had anyone else out as well, having Rose not there was really, really felt. So even if they were able to fake it without him specifically. Do we, do we think, um, and so I don't know if you guys saw this, I, I just tweeted it out, uh, engagement, whatever. Um and Michael Mimas, I just said, if anyone's got any Knicks questions for the pod, he said, who, do, who are the Knicks going to fill with their two open roster spots? And I mean, we're assuming bigs, you know, the rumors when the trade deadline was passing, you know, there was eyes on Drummond, um, a couple other guys. Uh, are, are the Knicks going to be in play for an impact big of sort and impact anyone? Or do we think we're just going to have a couple bodies come in? I'm sure we'll bring in someone. There were hmm. there's a lot of steam on Twitter, at least, about reuniting Gorgie Jang and Tibbs, um, cir- circling around that and the Andre Drummond stuff, who did go to the Lakers today. But uh, but there there were starting to be two factions forming of of Jang stands and people wanting them to go for Drummond now that Mitch was out and uh, Jang did pick San Antonio today, so. Not it won't be either of those guys, right? So then you get down to like who who might it be? Like who's actually looking for a buyout at this point? Because I'm really not sure. I'm not sure what bigs are looking for buyouts. I'm not sure. Period. Like who's looking for buyouts? What happened with Kevin Love? Does he still play basketball? I have no idea. What is he hurt? Like I, I have no. To. I assume he's still in Cleveland, but I haven't heard of him playing a basketball game in a long time. I feel like he should just get bought out. I think and love so, to the Knicks. I mean, I mean maybe I don't know. I'm not. Don? I'm not saying that, but I just he was just a name that came to mind. Like, what other bigs are even looking? Did was there like some? I don't he, say, uh, he's but, got, I think, a lot of time on his on his deal left. So I'm, I guess that's why he's not a buyout candidate. And I think he's been hurt for for a good chunk of this season. I feel like I remember that. Whenever the last time the Cavs played, but he's got this year and two more full years left. So. 
tough to the NBA buy buyout market is so bizarre and like it hurts my brain as a sports fan, but I also get it. Like a lot of these teams that are going to be in it down the stretch are still picking up pieces. Andre Drummond just went to the Lakers. Marcus Aldridge, the Nets. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I understand it's end of the day. The best talent ends up being shown on the NBA's brightest stage, but like, it's kind of ridiculous. What are we doing? They should probably change the rules. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't really like it that much. But what about Al Horford? Was there some talk about Al Horford Ooh. getting bought out? Oh my god! How much would Tibbs like Al Horford? <laughs> well, deal. what what's his name? Robert Randolph was was spewing that. I don't. I don't think Horford's. A, I, I haven't heard anything about Horford being potentially bought out because they. They said he's going to stay around the team, but but the Thunder are shutting him down for the rest of the year. So I, I guess that's why I was sort of thinking he might get bought out is because he's not even with the team anymore. Like right, he's not even playing with them anymore. That's kind of crazy. Like yeah, he's not going to play this season. You think he like, wants t- to? <laughs> I think I think Tibbs's wet dream is Al Horford and Taj Gibson playing one on one. Just like <laughs> yes, strong dribbles, protect the ball. Lower that shoulder. A lot shoulder. of rebounds. A lot of rebounds. Let's go grab God. it. So what are the know. Knicks going to do with their last roster spots? I, I mean, because they cut Terrence Ferguson, right? Yeah, they they cut him today. They cut Poirier, who was the other player brought in in that trade. They And they moved Rivers and Brasdikis. So I don't know how many. It sounds it sound like they have at least at least one or two spots available. That's it's the no funny thing though, like because the Knicks should be looking to acquire like some talent. They're in a there's in a position we never would have expected where they're actually, you know, likely going to make the playoffs at this point and yeah. and are looking to they compete. Should, they should be looking for somebody that can help them now, theoretically, especially now that. Now that Mitch, I think, is out, I guess it depends where on the foot he's hurt and, and severity and stuff. I think they came back and he's got more tests today. I'm sure by the time, perhaps by the time you're listening to this, we know. Mm. But uh, yeah, yeah, you, I mean, you would think like there's there's a world where, I mean, the Knicks could be a, a desirable location for an for an NBA player. Which again, a, a sentence I haven't said a lot. Um, yeah, I'm I'm clicking through some articles right now. It says maybe Hassan Whiteside, which I don't doesn't seem like a Tibbs guy. No. I think no. I think, I think <laughs> Tibbs would try to clone Tosh Gibson before getting Hassan Whiteside. Um Kelly Olinick, I don't think he's in play. I don't know. It it's gonna be interesting and it's it's probably gonna happen quick, right? Because it's gonna be like Jeff Teague, you know, is an NBA dude, but like, is he really a need for the Knicks right now? No. Yeah. I, they were like in on him during the, during free agency, but they're, I and certainly now that, that Peyton and Rose are back and quickly deserves minutes. It's hard to imagine the fit there. Hmm. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, uh, you, I, I just talked about how it's kind of messed up, but you know, there's some impact names and right now 
the Knicks are thin at big, man. I mean, we're <laughs> we there's nights when we lean heavily on Nerlens Noel, which he's been very good for us, but it it be it feels like they're a big short right now. Yeah, I guess if you can I I should probably spend some of this time googling buyout candidates or whatever. But uh that's but what I I've been doing. It's like if there's anyone that that I guess can slide down to the four a little bit cuz Noel and Gibson I'm personally not really comfortable with either of them doing it, but I guess, I mean, Randall plays like 40 minutes a night. So really just bigs in general kind of doesn't matter. I mean, Kelly Olenek, who Jake mentioned is probably the, the best answer. Like he's a, did he, did he get bought out? By not him? yet, but I think he's, he's uh, in Houston and the Rockets probably have no use for him. Right. Like, I don't know why yeah. they would, why they would want to keep him. So, I mean, I, I guess can... they've been bad enough that, that, I've been saying for a while they have no incentive to lose, but it turns out if they get in the top four, I think they they are good. So there is incentive at this point because they're the worst now. But so yeah, I guess they have no use for him. You're right. I mean, Olenek is uh, he he's not fun to watch if he's on the other team. I, mm. But he's a stretch big. Like he can definitely shoot it. He'd be someone who could maybe play next to Obi Toppin. And like if you actually wanted to see Toppin roll to the rim and like try and catch some lobs instead of just being a floor spacer. I could see Kelly Olenek lining up next to Obi Toppin on second units. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, Olenek's bigger than I, than I realized listed six eleven. Yeah. Big dude. Okay. Um, okay. you know who else uh, you guys are going to make fun of me, but um, the thunders, Mike Muscala out of Bucknell mm. There's like a he's almost a seven footer. He's probably six eleven, six ten, and he he can shoot the ball from three too. So that's another guy who because if you're looking at Obi Toppin, likely you Olenek want him to has go- played a game in Houston, so maybe they're I guess they're keeping him around. I mean, with with Muscala, like that, that's just kind of the prototype of player that I feel like fits next to Toppin. It's almost like a Luke Cornett type who can who's like tall mm. enough to protect the rim on one side. Like guard centers on defense, but also stretch the floor on offense and let Obi Toppin be that rim runner. Um, that's kind of the prototype of a guy who could make it work next to Toppin, given his defensive defensive deficiencies. Uh, and Muscala's kind of like that. I could see Muscala being that too. So I'm rooting for that. I'm rooting for the Bucknell Bison to come to New York. I'm gonna get that jersey. Remember when? <laughs> remember when Luke Cornett was solid for us? Um, and Tom, you you know I've always thought you're a beautiful man, but hearing you talk about the fit of Obi Toppin and Kelly Olynyk on the Knicks second unit, oh my god, it's I was, indigestion. I, oh, I was <laughs> feeling a lot of different emotions over here. Uh, a girl can dream, right? Oh um, that'll be Scala heads up. It'll be funny to see BBD and the Mascala train now. Bucknell shout out. Um, it would have it would have been cool. I guess it could have ended up being part of that trade. I mean, the Sixers have been rumored to be trying to get rid of Mike Scott forever, and I guess the fit would have been there. And with his contract, get an asset with that Knicks cap space stuff. Um, um, would have been cool. Steve Hoffman, the Hoff twenty four, said, "Will the Knicks ever beat Ben Simmons next game? It's happening." They should have already beat the Sixers. Well, next game, I think they play the Heat, so I don't think... 
Well, the next Sixers oh, game, Tom. Okay, I'm just being fresh. Maybe when we run into them in the second round of the playoffs or whatever, we're done with them for the regular season. How about that? Yeah. Um, that's something. Uh, and then the other one, and this was something I kind of wanted to talk with you guys anyways. Dom took it to a dark place. Dom K84, he said, is Mitch a long-term piece? Should we label him injury-prone? Hashtag Jake sucks. Uh, tough on a few levels there. And man, I a couple minutes ago, my brain just was spinning because this year it's been a success. The Knicks are fourth in the East, 24 and 22. Um, Julius Randle breakout, RJ Barrett breakout. There is something that's kind of holding Knicks fans back that's like, okay, Toppin isn't looking good. Let's be honest. Um, Knox is nowhere to be found most nights. Frank is nowhere to be found most nights. And like when we go back to original objectives of this season, you know, Frank, Mitch, Obi, and then Knox, like, you know, those guys were supposed to be it. And it just seems pretty clear that we're coming near the end of the line with a lot of them. I wonder about Frank's, standing with this team with with Thibs and with the front office it's it's so hard to know like he's starting some games you know if if Alfred Payton is out then Frank's getting minutes but you know there are times when you expect Frank to get minutes and he's completely shut out gets a DNP CD so it's I've kind of given up trying to predict Frank and whether he's gonna stay with the team but I mean Jake you make a good point like there have definitely been some some serious you know, ups and downs to this season. Mitch is, I mean, Mitch came into the season. I, I've brought this up before um, another podcast, but he was the only guy in like ESPN ranks top 100 right. of Knicks players. Like he was sort of the seen as the most valuable Nick or like the guy who most contributed to winning. And he hasn't been able to be that this season, largely due to, to injuries. I I'm not, ready to call him injury prone at this point. These have been kind of freak accidents and, and you know, it's not like there's the same, it wasn't the same body part. It wasn't like connected body parts where you're like, Oh, he stressed, you know, he overworked this side of his body and it, you know, it led to this. It's just two completely unrelated freak injuries. Um, so I, I wouldn't say he's necessarily injury prone, but it's been a disappointing season for him for sure. It's not like when he was playing, he was demonstrating a whole lot of, new skills on the offensive end like he wasn't passing he didn't really have a jump shot but I think that's all fine I like that he's a rim runner I like that he's comfortable just cleaning up on the offensive glass and and getting second chance points that way he thrives doing that and the fact that he cut down on his fouling that was the biggest thing for him was staying on the floor you know he checked that box this year when he was able to play so there's been enough progress from Mitch that I'm feeling okay there and like he he fits into a role like he's He's not going to be a star, but he's a really strong role player, and so I, I'm good with that. With with Knox, yeah, it's it's been a disappointing season for him, sure. Um, Obi, same thing, but the the fact that Julius Randle had this emergence as this like that kind of trumps everything else. He's a legitimate star player who's going to have a case for All NBA by the end of this season. Yeah, like the fact that he's 26 years old and and developed into this caliber of player 
that's more important than the rest of the ancillary pieces that, that um, yes, they matter and they were they were definitely high objectives at the beginning of the season, but Randall's emergence trumps all that in my eyes. Yeah. Mitch, yeah, everything you said, it, it it's like broken bones and stuff. It's like you can point to a specific thing that happened to him. It's not like he has, uh, you know, chronic injury issues, all that. And, and yeah, I mean, what he does on offense is enough for me. You know, the rim running, setting good enough screens, I guess. And yeah, the development this year was eliminating foul trouble and, and staying on the floor a lot, a lot more than his first two seasons. So, so I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable keeping Mitch around long-term, whatever, you know, depending on what, what that means, I guess. Um, and the other guys, it, it certainly doesn't feel like they're long, they're factoring into the long-term picture for the Knicks. Frank has been at, been in trade rumors literally every deadline season and off season since the Knicks drafted him. And uh, and the Knicks also don't really like playing him. So it's weird uh, when they do, they love it. And like, from what, what you would like think about what Tibbs likes, you would think that Frank adds up, but Tibbs also likes his guards to be scoring options, which Frank is not. Um, so it's, it is a it, the Frank stuff specifically is just very weird. And I, I guess there's a chance they let him just walk this summer, which will be very, it'll feel very strange if that's how this ends. It's weird, man. It's weird. Cause the, the other thing that's been so much fun with this Knicks team that again has buried some of the negative stuff, a, the winning, but B the energy is awesome. Anytime you see these guys celebrating, you know, it's literally a storyline, how much these guys get along and are having fun during the season. And you know, that game when Frank went off, like the guys were going nuts for him. Like the guys love Frank. And what, what was it? That one game Frank fouled out of like Tibbs was refusing to get him out of there. Um, what was that? The last Sixers, the OT Sixers game or, or one of the Sixers games. So it's, uh, Tom, you you kind of said it like I I would love to know the internal conversations where they're at with Frank and like I mean you know Knox is a uh, Knox's basketball reference page at this point just looks bizarre like <laughs> in in theory a lot of his percentages and stuff have gone up but I mean the minutes just haven't been there at all so hey Knoxie maybe this is it maybe they finally give you that run at the four that we've been talking about for two years now. Because, man, I don't know. Like, none of us sit here and hate Kevin Knox. It's just he's, he goes missing sometimes, but there's other guys that do that too. I mean, he's still, it feels like when he takes a three from the corner, like it still feels automatic. Yes. Um, like it feels like a good look. It does. Yeah. And, like... We saw in that Milwaukee game that Knox got those second half minutes at the four, and I could see that being the case going forward. Like he's he's working on defense. It's not you know he does lack some some mobility, like side to side. He's not always in a defensive stance, but I do feel like he's much more engaged on that end, and he's trying. So like he knows that to get minutes on this team, he has to show real effort on the defensive end. That's kind of just this is the whole philosophy. So. Um, it seems like Knox has received that message. So I am not, now that Mitch is out, like you said, Jake, I'm really hoping that Knox is able to crack the rotation and play some of that four and, and stretch the floor for, for some of the other guys. And 
Um, should should make the second unit a little bit more fun. Yeah, and I I mean the only other thing that's kind of on my mind, and uh, one person almost also commented commented it can quickly become the next Lou Will come off the bench thirty minutes a night, never a starter. That was from Bon Bon M Bon Bon. Um, and I don't, I'm, I'm kind of checking in with you guys on IQ. Cause I know he's been banged up. Is he, is he back full tilt yet? Cause I know he had a couple, he had like the groin thing going on. Uh, you know, I saw he made four threes, uh, last night. What, uh, Hey, we obviously love IQ, but where, where are we at? Is he full tilt yet? It doesn't feel like he's, he's fully back in my head yet. But again, I got drunk last night. What do you think, BBD? I think he's I think he's fully healthy, he's, or at least he's. Like, I think I mean I think like like every other NBA player at this point in the year, he's he's banged up a little bit, but but kind of everybody is. He's playing. I mean, just going min- by minutes on his game log, he played twelve minutes in in that first Wizards game, but around that 26, 26, 26, 26, 34, 33, 24 are the, are the minutes he's played in in each game. So I, I think he's he's been good to go letting it rip um yeah i do wonder how that'll uh change like with derrick rose coming back but we said that when derrick rose was acquired and quickly his minutes went up so (laughs) yeah and and that did work um having rose sort of being that penetrator and and kicking out to quickly and having quickly being more of that off-ball presence i i mean yeah he was he was great and he's a he's actually a really good catch and shoot three-point shooter he, like, he clearly loves launching off the dribble, and that's a great skill for him to have. But just percentages-wise, he's a much better three-point shooter off the catch, as are most players. But just you know, to allow quickly to be in that role is, is really nice um, for his development. So um, uh, uh, the Lou Will c- comparison, like obviously we, there was that famous moment where quickly told Lou Will how much he looked up to him growing up. Um, there are certainly some comparisons to be made as far as like their foul drawing talents um whether that's they're like <laughs> raw skill sets are, are fairly similar six three kind of skinny ish bucket getters yeah and, and lou williams was always actually a pretty good passer too right like he had that chemistry with Montrez harrell he was mostly a lob thrower i feel like um i, I do think that quickly has a little bit more skill as like a primary just like initiator getting other guys involved too. I didn't watch a ton of like prime Lou will, but just, I I made this video last week of quickly as a, as a point guard. And I was just really impressed with, with what he's able to do finding guys on the perimeter. Like we, I already knew he was really good at throwing lobs. He's like one of the best lob throwers on the team, but operating out of the pick and roll, like he is starting to, um, I think earlier in the season, he kind of was second guessing everything or overthinking stuff. He was pump faking all the time. This was something that Dallas Amico from uh, the Strickland pointed out a lot in his articles was and, and on Twitter is just like he he wasn't very decisive coming out of pick and rolls. But lately, it seems like he's kind of turned the corner and he's not only looking to get his teammates involved, but he's doing it decisively. And I, I like quickly as maybe even a a better passing, better facilitating version of Lou Will. So at minimum, the the door is certainly not closed on him having the potential to to be that at some point. Maybe, and yeah, maybe maybe like the guy said, not a not a starter level, but uh, no, I still still like him. 
Well, it's uh, and and uh, I'd be remiss if we forgot we forgot mm. to bring this up during the Wizards game that he had one of the best step backs of the year on on Neto. Embarrassed at the party. The bane of my existence, Raul Neto. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I, I guess I guess in my head, I had quickly like fully figured out he was playing 30 a mu- 30 minutes a night, but he, you know, there was really only one stretch. There's a four game stretch where, or a five game stretch where he was playing, you know, about 30 minutes a night. So I don't know. I, it's going to be interesting to see where they land and if they keep juggling the injury bug and all that. Um, but I, I'm excited, man. I mean, this week they've got, Miami, Minnesota, Dallas, Detroit, and then next Monday will be uh, Brooklyn again. But, I mean, you're looking at this Minnesota, Detroit. If you can win one of the Miami-Dallas games, I mean, we're time to get hot. Love to win the Dallas game. That would be nice. Yeah, I mean – yeah, it'd be tough to win both those. Those are, those are just very good teams. Um, I feel like Miami in their last 10, where do, where do they sit? Actually, their last 10, they're only four and six, and they've lost six in a row. They cooled off, yeah. Yeah, around the All-Star break, because I remember they were like kind of heating up going to All-Star. Um, Literally. But, man, oh, there you yeah. go. I think at, at one point, they might have had like the four or five seat again for a second there, and the, after they had started so badly sort of like the Raptors. So they're, they're in the Eastern conference slop mix with us, but, uh, but yeah, they and, cooled off again. And, and they, but they have all the depot now. So I was just say they, they acquired all the depot, but he's not playing tomorrow against New York. So that's notable too. He's, uh, he's sitting that one out. Oh, okay. So, okay. Little seven game losing streak for the heat. Um, T wolves, Detroit. I mean, Detroit, shell of themselves second night of a back-to-back for us i think this miami game's big i mean you win four in a row that's a win streak like three games is like okay it was a good week if we hit four in a row and we're fourth in the east yeah like we're three games above 500 where the knicks are like sexy yeah No, that's true. They're they're se- you win four in a row, you're sexy. Like it, that's those it. are the rules. Them's the rules. Then we don't you make get them four in a row. Then you're at Minnesota Wednesday. Take care of business. I'm saying. I'm saying. Um, oh, oh, I'm excited. This is going to be a good week. This is a very big week for Knicks basketball. So this will be fun. Big week. Are we are we picking games? I think we're our minds are kind of on it. So. Can. We have to win Miami. We just decided that. Minnesota, yep. Five games. Nick Mania is going for that Friday night Dallas game. It's like that's tough. I want I want to win it so bad for so many reasons. Just the heartstrings play as well as we have their pick and the uh, and also the Yankees start on Thursday, but they're off that Friday, so I can watch it. So, like, win. So, I'll pick them to win. I've got a prediction. Someone pushes someone in the Dallas game. A shove. Yeah. 
shove's coming. Lauren, I don't mark know. that down. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's Randall to Porzingis, kind of like you blew it. This could have been you. Maybe it's Barrett to Luca. Like he's coming like, I got some muscle too, big boy. He's going to call him big boy. So you think that someone on the Knicks will initiate and push someone from Dallas, or do you think yes. that Dallas might push someone on the Knicks? No, I think Tibbs gets under their skin. Under the he Knicks player's skin. so much better than you. Yeah. Oh, they everybody loves Luca. I've got <laughs> I think I've got my money on on Reggie pushing Josh Richardson. Okay. Uh, Tom, you have to pick. The guys, yeah, the guys you don't think. Tom, you have to pick one Knicks player to push one Mavericks player. I feel like Barrett doesn't get that rattled. Like he I mean I just can't really yeah, picture it from him. He he went to kind of a dark place in that Wizards comeback where he he gave, you know, people perhaps prematurely gave him Maple Mamba nickname, but uh, but like he, he got into kind of that mindset where I don't think he, but I don't, I don't got him as a pusher. I could see Luca being the one getting pushed because he's just always in the action. He's just like he is annoying. Like he's always complaining. I think, yeah, the I refs. Think he's always hate playing against. Luka. I think a lot of opposing players hate Luca, so I think it's a good bet that someone Merlin's pushes him. Push candidate. Who's gonna push him? Um, I think Derrick Rose will push him. Oh, oh. love that! Yeah. Love that! Yeah. I think I think Nerlens is a good candidate to push somebody. Because that's just kind of a center thing to do. And BBD, I was just um, gonna go there. Nerland's career like went downhill with Dallas, so yeah. he's gonna be like back. <laughs> it's a low key revenge game for him as well. I'm so excited for that. He might be coming for uh, for Maxi Kleba. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Mm. Maxi Kleba, check your shit. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Anything else you boys need to get off your chest? I, are we, are, like, as we've been doing pod predictions, like it used to be everyone had to have different ones and then it kind of changed. It, it morphed into everyone now has to have the same one. Yeah, so, we yeah. have group think. It's a group think. So are we saying three and one? No. We're rolling. Are we saying four and oh? Yeah, need it. Oh, I don't see a loss. Oh my god, there's let's do one, it. There's not one game I'm comfortable predicting it to be the loss. So, Knicks magic. We, I mean, we did gla- like kind of gloss over this Miami Heat game. They're they're actually good. Like they have good players. Um, They've got this game circled as the one that gets them back on track. Even though the Knicks like are good, they're gonna be hungry. Like it's is it in Miami? I didn't even. It's home. Home. All right, 4-0. Let's do it. Done. Locked. This Miami game kind of big. Look, if they win this one, it's 4-0. If they don't win it, it's definitely not 4-0. No. That's analysis. Um, BBD, Tom, you guys are beautiful. Watching anything good? I know you you were wanting to save your superstore for Greg. Yeah, I mean, I know Greg's it, listening, and I know, I, I know that. Yeah, I'll keep it tight. I know, I know. BBD also watches Superstore. I've been binging it. I mean, maybe harder than any show I've ever binged. Like I, they just do that sitcom thing where they create a world, 
in just a group of people and you want to be a part of it. You're like, I like those people. I want to hang out with them. I want to spend my time with them. It's, I feel safe. It's like, it's, it's easy viewing and you don't want to leave it. Like I'm, I'm, I know for a fact I'm going to be bummed when the series is ends is ending because, or I know, I guess it already did end this past week. I think the finale came out last week. Yeah. When I get to it, eventually I'm going to be bummed that it's over. Cause like, these are people you want to spend time with. Um, it's a lot of fun, fun show. And I, like, I even find myself interested in like the relationship part of the sitcom. Like even the, the Jim and Pam stuff was at the beginning of the office. I know you said to keep it tight and I'm not, but the Jim and Pam stuff at the beginning of the office, I was into, there was the will they, won't they, but once they did get together, I pretty much lost interest entirely. Like, and the other part with that was that Roy, Pam's husband or uh, fiance, he sucked. And, and there was no like, who should Pam be with? You know what I mean? Like there was, mm. there were, no one was on team Roy. It didn't, it wasn't yeah. that compelling, but with, <laughs> with Superstore, I find myself into the relationships between the characters, which I didn't really expect at all because it's a very silly show and they just do a, they do a really good job with the Jonah, Amy, will they, won't they? Like they, they just really drag it out. They show that some positives of, of the other guys in play and, and like right now, Jonah's dating Kelly BBD, that's where I'm at in mm, season three. And like Kelly is a delightful person. You're like, why wouldn't he yeah, be you with like, I like you her. like her. She's doing great Al Pacino impressions. Like it, she's charming. And so she's there's friendly. actually there's some reason for you to be contradicted about who he should be with. Yeah. The they show really, was like bigger in the moment and people watched it week to week and talked about it at the office. It'd be like legitimate debates. Yeah. But, it kind it of the be- show kind of ha- still hasn't gotten that big, even though I guess it's over now. It's like kind of a shame how how under the radar that show is. But once it gets to streaming, I feel like like more people just have access to it, and and you know I'm watching it now, and I I really enjoy it. It's funnier than I thought it was gonna be, and it's just it's a well done show. Tom, kind yeah. of hilarious. You mentioned the Jim and Pam thing, and I know there's people in podcasts that dive dive into this, so this is probably out there. But Jim. And some of his lady options um, were flames emoji. Was Amy Adams. Um, who's the other? Rashida Jones. Rashida Jones. Um, meanwhile, the office for Pam had Roy. And then they casually push Toby sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so That's like, like a classic sitcom trope, though, right? Where it's like King of Queens. Like, it's always just like these kind of. You know, schlubby looking guys with, with, yeah, it's just, hey, you pointed to yourself. I didn't say that. You're talking to one. <laughs> BBD, you watch anything good this weekend? Uh, so this week I watched, uh, which I, I believe Kenny said he was watching this last episode. I watched The One on Netflix, which is, mm. uh, which is pretty good. Um, so sending a text like an asshole. And, um, <laughs> But yeah, it's a, it, the concept kind of kind of got me once I I didn't listen to Kenny when he was talking about it if he was talking about it, but mm-hmm. uh, but I heard someone else talk about it at some point. It's like yeah, like it's per, essentially person made a company they use DNA and you're, there's somebody you're like genetically supposed to be with and people use that service and find the one. But like it was it also like bad because some people do it when they've already been gotten married to somebody else. It's like, yeah, but this is technically the person I'm supposed to be with. So like 
there are there is an element of like divorce rates went up and then also like then it, but it's also kind of like a crime show because Did, whole... didn't kenny say it was a bad show though didn't he say he didn't recommend i think he it? said i think he said it was he didn't like it um and i'm i i, I wouldn't put it on any sort of like top tier list but it's like, it's a pretty quick watch so eight episodes okay. it's worth it's worth mm-hmm. giving the first one a view and at least conceptually it was a good it was a it was a cool idea so I'm, i i i'm happy i watched it there was an episode of black mirror where it was something similar that i don't know if you guys ever watched that show it was just like a real freaky sci-fi sort of Seen like a twilight few zone here and there yeah Love black mirror yeah there was one episode where it was like you matched based on like sc- a score that you had or something i might have to look into that but it sounded a little bit like the one um and i like that episode of black mirror so maybe i'll check that out jake what else is, what else has been on for you well, I had a laugh earlier while well, watching some March Madness go the ball. Um, Jess uh, was watching. I keep seeing it on Netflix, and I kept jokingly going to watch it, but it's like My Octopus Life or whatever. If you're um, on Netflix. My parents watched that a couple weeks ago. They've recommended it to me like every dinner I've had with them. I mean, it's a it's a little bit of a a ride. I think this guy kind of snaps in life, and he's like, "What am I doing?" So he just starts filming this octopus and like becomes friends with it. Is little, it a documentary? Is it real or is it a real documentary? Um, so yeah, it's a little weird. Um, a lot of easy jokes for me, so I was enjoying it. <laughs> um, shape of Water type stuff, and oh as. My God. as <laughs> as 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 you boys know, I uh, I'm in Scrubs. We're mid to end of season two, and uh, I told you, Tom, like you just described. Uh, I think that's when you're fully in the environment. Like you've got side characters making side jokes about stuff that in that world is so good. Like nervous doctor and Ted make references to their weekend bike ride just so casually and it's just like god that's so good that's so good so it's jokes that are based on like the world that they built right like on paper if you show it to someone no one's laughing but it's like the performances and the characters and the history you have with them they do that in superstore really well too so yeah that's a good point love it yeah that is kind of like the the where scrubs hit its stride and so yeah circling back on superstore briefly just the way they made that environment not like go stale you would think that would get old quick and it, it really doesn't they keep it they keep it going really well in, in that show so how about that superstore the julius randall of shows uh boys thank you excited to go four and oh that's huge for the knicks um so really good stuff yeah keep if an eye out on that push yeah if if you're listening thank you thank you uh should be like a fun like again we've kind of been nervous but should be a fun couple months of nick stuff coming up it's weird yeah. i saw weird. myself like looking forward like like looking forward to the off season not in a well that's when things can change way but like uh like how, how are they gonna improve this way which I guess is kind of the same thing, but you know what I mean. No, it's not like, how are they going to turn it around? It's like, how are they going to keep going? Yeah. Yeah. Completely different. 
mindset. Like, how do they, how do they just take like another one step forward from this? If the playoffs started tomorrow, the Knicks would have home court advantage. And home that's, court uh, hosting Charlotte. That's that's <laughs> insane. Uh, so hey, come come enjoy it with us. On on the Twitter, on the Instagram, on the podcast, wherever you are. Uh, Tommy's Tommy's midweek videos have been killing it. We love that. BBD is beautiful. And, uh, I mean, the big thing here is, like, let's go Knicks. Knicks time.